0: Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply as LR. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at lr eleventh, on Instagram at LR11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv slash LR11. Enjoy the show. hello and welcome back to another episode of cultural lenses uh this is season 2 episode 13 um my name is nick hill uh Mello. that's my last name i'm your host uh also known as lr11 or more simply known as lr wow i'm a mess today things are a little bit a little bit all over the place because my life has been all over the place um There was no episode last week because I was busy with family stuff. I think I can't remember what I was doing, but there was something and it just left me utterly exhausted. (laughs) Excuse me. And uh, many of you know that I have been in this transitionary phase um, in India, coming from Canada, and I've just been settling and I'm awake at nights and asleep during the days and it's just been, it's been a whole experience. It, It really has. Um, But welcome. Uh, Today I have something I want to talk about, I think. Yes, uh, I wanted to walk you guys through kind of what I need to do, uh, what an international student from India would need to do to apply to come to Canada as a student. Just kind of give you some insights on that um, because I think it's uh, interesting and not something that a lot of people know. Um, But first off, thank you very much for the wonderful wonderful reception of the previous episode uh where i interviewed uh neha who i uh, who i found through tiktok and just knew that i absolutely had to talk with her because she is such a uh, such a vibrant person to to be in this kind of food creation space because she's very like uh, you know, and there are a lot of creators like this. So it's not necessarily um, the unique selling point. The unique selling point is the type of food and the uh, lessons or the insights or the knowledge that she tries to disperse through her, her videos. But um, she she's just a very relatable, normal chef. Like the kinds of recipes she's showing you are things that anybody would be able to do in a normal day. You don't need any super like expensive equipment for it. Uh, so very relatable. Um, and especially with the, uh, food being of, you know, uh, of, from where I am from, you know, it's Telugu food, it's from, uh, uh, region in South India. And it was just, it was fast. It was just wonderful. It was an honor and a privilege to be able to have that conversation with her. And I'm so glad she took the time out of her day to come and, uh, to come on the show and do that. And yeah, no, thank you. I, I, it means a lot when people do want to do these things with me because, I struggle. I, you know, I want to make sure that I, whenever I reach out to people, I word things right. Because I'm not reaching out for clout or to ride somebody else's tailcoats. I just genuinely want to have a conversation. And typically the people I want to have a conversation with end up being um, uh, bigger accounts than me, you know, on social media and stuff. So I always feel a little awkward reaching out, but then sometimes you just got to shoot your shot and you just have to, you just have to do it. Because at the very least, the worst thing that's going to happen is that they say no, and then I just go on with making whatever normal content I make. So, a um, couple of things. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, no, thank you very much for that. Um, I do have a fan house, finally. I'm going to put up the link in the description, but please do not feel obliged or obligated to do anything just yet. Because I am not in a position, I thought I would be, but things have been kind of happening and I'm not in a position where I am able to start making content for FanHouse yet. But I have i have it set up and now all I need to do is just start posting. And then once I do, I'll start pushing in a little harder. And the goal was to do two like, exclusive-ish episodes for FanHouse. And we'll see if I can still keep to that. And if I can't, and I can only do once per month, and I'm talking about two per month, if I have to bring that down to once per month, then the price for FanHouse is also going to come down. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, no. Today, I wanted to walk you guys through uh, the documents and the process of what I would need to apply for a study permit. Now, this particular study permit I'll be talking about is the Student Direct Stream. If you Google, if you Google CICSDS. You will be, you will be, uh, you'll find a website um, by the Canadian government uh, for their Immigration Department about the Student Direct Stream. And I'm going to be reading a lot of this uh, off the website. But depending on where you live, you may be able to get your study permit faster through the Student Direct Stream. We try to process most SDS applications within 20 calendar days. However, some applications may take longer. To get faster processing, you must give your biometrics as soon as possible. Meet all the the eligibility requirements. A study permit is not a visa and does not by itself allow you to travel to or enter Canada. You may also need a visitor visa or, or an electronic travel authorization. If you do, we'll issue your visitor visa or ETA with your study permit. That's just page number one about the process. Now we're going to go to who can apply. And so this is a specialized stream of students because they recognize that a lot of the uh, international students are coming from these particular regions, I suppose, where they might have deals set up with the government. And so this is different from the normal process where the documents are slightly different and the financial uh, commitments are greater, um, which you'll find out uh, as I walk you through this now. So to be eligible for faster processing through the Student Direct System, you must be a legal resident living in one of the following countries Antigua and Bar- uh, Barbuda Brazil I'm I'm sorry I'm absolutely sure that I butchered uh, that but that's spelled B A R B U D A Antigua and Barbuda um Brazil China Colombia Costa Rica India Morocco Pakistan Peru Philippines Senegal Saint Vincent and the Grenadines Trinidad and Tobago and Vietnam. You must have an acceptance letter from a post-secondary designated learning institution. And there's a bunch of, like, you know, colleges, uh, community colleges, universities, whatever, um, in Canada. And each of them have to be designated as an official learning institute by the government of Canada. And then they get a number, and then that's what uh, makes them eligible to... Um, international students to come and study in Canada. So it, there has to be specific universities. So you need to have an acceptance letter from a post-secondary designated learning institution. You must live outside of Canada when you apply. You must have proof you have paid your tuition for your first year of study. And since my current program is only for one year, um, that was simple enough to do. You must have a guaranteed investment certificate, a GIC of 10000 Canadian dollars. What is a GIC, you ask? That's why. Thank you for asking, random person. A uh, GIC is a Canadian investment that has a guaranteed rate of return for a fixed period of time. Um, and there's some other requirements regarding the GIC. I won't bore you into, uh, with too much detail, but basically, over a period of twelve months, that money comes back to me. Upon arrival in Canada, I do get a lump sum of money, and then the remainder of it is given uh, to me, uh, released to me. Uh, over time, so the money is—it's not going anywhere. It is coming back, but it is a significant amount to be asked for up front especially because um, international st- uh, tuition fees for one year of study is probably about thirty thousand Canadian dollars, um, and a majority of my so that's forty thousand um, Canadian. So, and a majority of my listeners are based in the U.S. So, I'm going to convert that for you real quick uh 40,000 Canadian dollars is 32,000 US dollars. Um you need to get a medical exam before you apply if you need one. Um get a police certificate before you apply if you need one. Have your most recent secondary or post-secondary school transcripts. Have a language test result that shows either an international English language testing system academic or general training score of 6.0 or higher. Or a test evaluation de français score that is equal to a Canadian language benchmark. So basically, they're either looking for English or French proficiency uh, with the specific systems. So I did my IELTS recently in order to um, appease this uh, portion of the application, and I should be getting my results anytime soon. And then depending on where you're applying from, you may also need to provide other documents. Make sure you include all the documents required by the visa office that process your application. So that's um, that's the system that I'll be using. Um, the normal system, except for the financial commitments, is pretty much almost the same. And I'm also sure, except for the English language requirements. Because English language requirements will come through the university. because uh, Typically. So what happens is, at least in the normal way, the university will ask you for your English proficiency or French proficiency, and if you're not up to par, alongside your normal programs, you'll be taking English as a second language so that you can make sure, you know, you're able to get through the schooling and you understand things. Um, And it's just, I mean, I understand it. It is a mass, you know, it's a widely used application, so they might not, they won't be able to individually check each application or the uh, qualifications of each person applying, But I. English is my main language. The only language I speak, it is my first language. It's the only language I'm fluent in. I did my post-secondary. At, uh, I have a bachelor's degree from Canada that was taught entirely in English. So it was a little uh, frustrating. It was a little upsetting that I had to prove my English proficiency. Um, but yeah, that's the process, at least for Canada, of what it takes to, uh, for somebody in my position who is privileged and has the money to do so, um, do this faster option. Um, because otherwise, you have to prove that you have the money and you're able to support yourself. This is through the regular application. Um, yeah, so um, I have a Canadian, because I've lived in Canada now for seven years, I have a Canadian bank account. And I thought I'd buy the investment certificate with them, the GIC. And I did that, and I got approved for it. And I, I'm all—all I have to do right now is pay. But because the GIC is set up for typically, um, it is a program for people who have not been to Canada before. So they open a bank account for you. They have this uh, GIC set up for you. So all you got to do is land, and you know, just start using it, and that money will start reflecting in your bank account, and you have a normal bank account. Um, and I checked with the bank beforehand. Hey, listen, I already have an account existing. Is it possible to do this, this, and this? Like, you you don't need to open a new account. Just connect a new product to my, you know, existing uh, account. And they're like, yeah, no problem. We'll take care of it. But because it's usually set up for somebody who's not in Canada yet, and you can only use it until you get to Canada, they lock down my whole account. So now I can't even use my account. On top of that, the phone provider that I use um, in August before I knew all of this was happening, you know, when I knew all of this was happening and I started to make plans in August, um, I told him, Hey, listen, first week of September is when I want all my, just cancel all my shit. I I don't need it anymore. I'm going to be out of the country. Just put me on the lowest paid plan so that I can keep my number active, which was like 15 bucks or something. And I will, um, um, when I come back, I will come get back to my normal plan, whatever. No, I talked with the lady on the phone. I said, yeah, yep, yeah, no problem, sir. Let's, uh, yeah, we'll, we're, we'll, we're, we'll take care of that. We'll do that. Um, yesterday I got two days ago or something. I got bills for the last two months or something because they had not made those changes and they kept my plan active. And when I talked to customer support, they said, yeah, we don't see any notes or changes, so we can't do anything for you. You're going to have to pay it. So that's me now out hundred and eighty dollars on top of everything else I still owe from the previous bills which they also did not even include and so I do not know what they're doing um and i can't even, i can't even pay for it because it's all part of my um it's all it's all that money's locked up in my bank account um because of the whole g i c situation so it's been an interesting couple of days um because I've also had to scramble. I only learned about the medical exam part that I absolutely needed before my application because I misread things. Everybody misread things, uh, whatever. We're getting past it, but it's not going to delay anything. But I misread things, and I'm like, oh, if they tell me to take a medical exam, I will. I need to do one before I apply. So now I had to scramble and find the closest city um, that I could do my medical examination because it couldn't be with anywhere, uh, any doctor or any clinic. It had to be with a Canadian government-approved clinic uh, physician. And the closest city is either a 12-hour train ride or a one-hour flight. So um, I'm flying out, doing the exam, spending the night at my, um, um, my cousin's husband's place, and then coming back. It has been a very testing couple of days, but it's gotten to a point where it is just um ludicrous at this point is just super funny and i don't know i'm good at cry i'm good I'm, I'm i was telling somebody i'm i'm good in situations like this crisis uh, Crisises. crisis 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 i doing in crisis situations crisis crisis Crises. in a crisis situation is when i'm usually at my calmest and i'm at my most functional especially when it comes to responding and dealing with things and coming up with plans Which is why I've been able to get through all of this no problem. Um, it's just been most mostly like emotional exhaustion and emotional burden more so than anything. Emotional exhaustion and an emotional burden. Yeah, it's just taken an emotional toll on me overall. This was not how I wanted to leave. I didn't want to leave in the first place, but none of this was happening by my choice, and it was just a bunch of bad luck. So. Things have been um, interesting, to say the least. So, uh, I don't know. If, if there's anything I could tell you, it's... It, it, and and this is all easier said than done. And this all comes with years and years of just, like, dealing with things. But it's focus on things that are within your control. Why are you going to sit down and worry about something that you absolutely cannot control? especially if you know you can't control it come up with alternative plans to make sure that you're prepared for the worst case. And yes, while all of this has been really rough and it is still you uh, know, I'm still working through it, I have been preparing for the worst case for a while. Um, and because I had that vague rough plan of what to do should everything go south, I wasn't as distraught or as panicked as i would have been if i did not come up with or if i did not even stop to think about what the worst case would be because thinking about the worst case um while it might not be the most pleasant is grounding it gives you a different perspective on the current situation and it allows you to be prepared to pivot in a different direction should you need to um it's like Mm-hmm. it's it's like uh how do i it's like laying out cookie decorations you know let's say or baking decorations um let's say you just baked a bunch of gingerbread men and you have all these different colors and sprinkles and toppings and sauces and whatnot and um you know you and your buds just Gonna gather around and decorate some cookies, but you only end up using a third um, of the uh, toppings, and the rest is all kind of there and maybe not necessarily goes to waste. You can probably easily pack them up and put them back in the fridge and use them later on. But at least you're like you you would you don't have to go out of your way to go and prepare that one specific thing that you hadn't thought about that you wanted to have. Do you know what I mean? Like it's I think it's a convoluted example, but I think it works. Just getting your, your pieces in your view, in your whether it's in your peripheral vision or out in front of you, um, but just knowing what your pieces are and where they are and how you play them is, I think, important um, with anything you do in life. Um, other than that, and that's the only thing I wanted to um, go over today because I'm at that flight that I was talking about. Yeah, I'm hopping on it soon. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll always be... Um, grateful that i don't I, I could probably trace back to where it came from but i don't think this specifically was a uh trauma trait, a trauma trait um i think it's just something i'm naturally good at uh, especially because I, I i i matured a lot quicker than most other people for various reasons and so when i came to canada within a month the first time this was in 2014 I had my driver's license. I had my American visa already. And I had my um, social insurance number, which allows me to work. Um, I, yeah, I'm good at setting up for those things and making sure that I'm set. Whether I use it or not, it's a different thing. But other than that, thank you very much for listening as always. Um, it's it's new, but also not new. I think it came out maybe a month or two months ago. But there's a new song with uh, called Family Ties by Baby Keem and Kendrick Lamar. Baby Keem is Kendrick's cousin. Uh, they put out a song together and kind of slaps. Kinda, I was kind of digging the vibe. There's a couple of interesting um, uh, tone changes, like the music changes entirely, uh, tempo, beat, um, and I enjoyed those variations. Uh, Spirit Box, one of my fav- absolute new favorite bands, and I think at this point an all-time life favorite band. Um, they're currently on tour on a boat, on a cruise ship, but they put out a new album last month, I cannot recommend that enough. Um I don't know why I'm recommending things to you all of a sudden, but I feel like it wouldn't hurt to do so. Just little things that have brought me joy uh lately. Um and it typically tends to be music because I've been enjoying music lately and it's been ha- it's been nice. I've been happy about that. But yeah, shorter episode for you uh, f- uh for you all. It's been it's been a little while since I've done an sh- episode this short, but thank you very much for listening. I hope I was able to give you some insight as to how Immigration works um, for people who do not have very strong passports. Um, It is an extensive and a difficult process and sometimes very aggravating, frustrating, and um, draining emotionally, mentally, physically, financially. But um, thank you very much. Remember to wash your hands, stay safe, wear a mask, reach out to a loved one, let them know that you love them. Um, But otherwise, I'll see you guys. I'll see you all. And I'll see you all next week. Take care.